Welcome back to the Delia Dad Podcast here on episode number 43 on this Monday Married Man segment as I get to welcome you, Dad, for the 43rd time and only because now we just started talking about how many we have left in the year to complete the whole year. And so, Dad, what's up, Dad? It's good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's good to be back and continue with our podcast, Delia Dad. And yes, uh, it's just uh, mind-blowing the way... Uh, you know, 43 weeks of being consistent. Um, it, it takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of uh, preparation and it takes a lot of energy, uh, especially at 60 years old. This energy is trying to be preserved a little bit more because as it drains out, um, you know, it, it, it's it's different now. It's totally different now. The mindset is is almost like a teenager still you know I, I don't mind saying that sometimes i i have to kind of slow down myself when i'm thinking and what i'm my thoughts and reality uh composed in my mind wants to do wants to give wants to continue but the body it now at 60 you know tells another story it mm-hmm. kind of helps me back on what i'm thinking and wanting to do and uh at times there's a little and I know that uh, people that are in my age, they, they understand well what I'm talking about because, um, again, you know, the, the, the mindset is there, the willingness, the energy and the mind is there. But um, 60 years old, although a lot of people say it's still young. Yes, I'm not saying that. I'm not knocking that down. But the reality is that, you know, it, it is a different, uh, I would say, time zone in the body to do things of what the mind is going through and, and um, I've been catching myself doing a lot of that um, to matter of fact that's why I started to uh, cut back on, on some of my responsibilities um, I have you know for example when it comes to the actual catechist uh, that's why I, I created a retirement post there um, it, that's it as far as a catechist for young people um, might continue with the adult um, Christian formation. Then with the Knights of Columbus, you know, just, you know, last a few days ago, I believe June 23rd, I submitted my resignation as the state and diocesan responsibilities or appointments that I had. Uh, and again, because of my, you know, ongoing, uh, I call it uh, instability, mm-hmm. okay, it's not stable. Um, I'm not going crazy. Uh, I'm not going postal. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going uh, suicidal or anything like that. But um, it, it is a time that uh, I, I need to, to pay attention to to my body, to myself. And I think that uh, for the sake of the family, for the sake of others who still depend um, on this 60-year-old, um, I, I just want to make sure that I'm up to par to be able to do what I need to do. So on, on that note, um, my faith continues strong. My help with the Knights continues strong. My help with the church and, and when it comes to the, uh, the faith formation still continues strong. Nevertheless, there, there is a certain um, pretty much like a, a, a different time zone change that I got to do. Yeah. So um, I'm adjusting to that. And, and, and it's so proper to uh, today's Monday Married Man because um, it, it, it you got to face those realities in your life yeah. and um it, it's 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 the season for that mm-hmm. and you know when it comes to the age of 60 to me this is what i have to follow through yeah. some people have actually just cut quit and changed their lives totally and no i don't want to do that yeah. okay it's it's not proper uh at least in my faith in my point of view um and I think that as we go forth, moving ahead, we, we move with the adjustments that we can do better. And many times we sacrifice a lot, but it kind of um, dries you up. It really changes you a lot. So you have to keep it balanced to where the health, um, both physical, psychological, emotional, and even spiritual have to be balanced all together. Yeah. And I think that I've, I'm facing that point. And I'm being honest and transparent to everybody, to all our listeners. Uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with me other than just facing this new stage of life, you know. And I want to live up 
the stage of life the way it's supposed to be done, following and going through God's will. So, that's where I am. Yeah, no, I mean, it's good that you mentioned it because I think sometimes people don't get to realize the, I guess, what the heart is going through. They don't get to realize what you are going through. You know, because it never fails whenever I see somebody and they're like, oh, you know, your dad, how's he doing? He's doing, doing good. Like, just keep him busy as always, you know, he's, he's doing good, you know, and that's the mindset, you know, from outside people looking in. But then you, you, you just mentioned like just this reality that's a new, it's a new stage in life. And, and it's okay. That's, it's, that's life. Yeah, that's, that's life. It's part of it. It's okay. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with it. The, 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 the beautiful thing is to embrace it. Yeah. All right. And, and embracing it, you are pretty much accepting God's will. Because this is your turn to do this. Yeah. And um, just, um, you know, the other day, um, sharing with a couple of uh, younger folks, um, they were worried because um, they couldn't run the mile the way they used to. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, there's a lot of factors to that. But it, because, again, the mindset is saying, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. yeah, they can do it. But now the body has to react to that big difference between now a little bit deeper young adult and moving into what they used to be before as a teenager in high school. Yeah. You now that there's a difference. No? I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I see that, and I, I recognize it too. Like at least with myself, and I try to go run. Like, I, I did, I did three miles not too long ago, um, and I saw like my time. It was like twenty-five minutes or twenty-six minutes or whatever. I can't remember what the, how much time it was. Somewhere in the late twenties. And I'm like, wow. And I used to do this in what, sixteen, seventeen minutes, in high school. Now it's like, okay, add 10 minutes to that, you know, just the body's different, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. But. And of but, course, it hasn't been conditioned and, and, and developed into that to be able to be in the safe stage. Yeah. You know, that's why the athletes, you know, that you see on, on TV and and their dedication and uh, like right now, all, all this trial outs for the Olympics and, and all this determination from their body and all these years of preparing just for this moment. Well, it, it, they're facing the reality that I'm talking about. You know, their their own human nature at their stage they're at. Yeah. You know, expectators, you know, they, they have a different mindset as to, no, hombre, ese ya no puede, ya no sale. You know, that one you can't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, he's old or he didn't even try, shouldn't be there. You know, it's, it's you know, extremely easy to say, but yeah. you don't know what that person has gone through. Exactly. As a matter of fact, you watching that, I don't know what you've gone through to say that just by watching TV. Exactly. You know, I, I can't comment either on you because I have to respect what you have endured. Yeah. And that's something that we have to make ourselves aware with anybody that we come across, you know, at the grocery store, at the bank, um, at one of the medical buildings that you're going for, either your follow-up visit or um, hospital, whatever the case may be, you know, anybody you come across they have their own story behind. Yeah. And, and I think that as a human being, that's where we start to really try to understand you know, all of us. You know, in trying for them to understand me, I need to understand them first. Yeah. And we forget that. You know, we forget that. We sometimes fall into the gap of wanting to <clears throat> kind of be treated the best way, you know, that I that I should be deserved to be treated. Yeah. But then how are you coming through to them? You know, that's also... How you present yourself? Yeah. I mean, that first impression of any type, uh, really, it's very transparent. Yeah, no, I, I see. And, and I think that's why, you know, we have to look at ourselves and really realize, you know, one, where we're at, how we we're behaving, how we're acting. And really, if we're mirroring the Lord and how He is... Following him and his ways, and, and exactly today, um, today being you know, Monday, twenty eighth um, of June, there there is a beautiful um, responsorial psalm. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that responsorial psalm really means a lot. And, and what I've done is focused on 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 the idea of what we're going through and what the Lord is asking from us. You know, today's responsorial psalm is 
The Lord is kind and merciful. Yeah. And we have heard that so many times throughout, you know, our attending Mass and <clears throat> the different scripture readings that we come across. But this one line, the Lord is kind and merciful, has a lot to give. It's very profound. And it's something that it's along the lines of what I just shared about presenting ourselves to somebody else, especially a married man, you know, to to his wife, to his children, to his family. Um, there's always an expectation from dad or the husband that <clears throat> this is what I deserve. This is what should be coming to me. But on that order is before you start receiving, we must start giving first. Yeah. Okay. You cannot receive without you giving first. And I think that's a concept that we have, society has helped us twist that around. Where we want to receive first with a so much call, what is it in for me? Okay, type of mentality that we get, you know, uh, sidetracked as to primero yo. Okay, what's in it for me? So today on, on this particular, um, <clears throat> the Lord is kind and merciful. Um, just the word kind. Um, it, it's a first. Well, I don't know about it. I, I don't know about it, this anymore. I don't know if it's a first grade or second grade word. Maybe it's already a, a pre-kinder word. And, and the people out there in, in, in the education world, you know, you're, you're, you're correcting me right now. I, I, I can sense you. But um, this word that we learn at our early stage of our world of education You know, being kind, it, it's something that even before we go to school, parents teach us that. Uh, parents try to teach for us to be kind, yeah. to be good. And there's a lot of different ways that parents have done that throughout the years. And, and as a husband and a wife, they need to be kind to one another. Because in doing that, you're actually teaching those around you by that sincere action. Yeah. So now, you know, kind it's pretty much a character it's part of your nature okay um it's it's from each of these elements of, of um ourselves understanding who we are okay has a tremendous value there and i believe that in in, in the world of um our faith in the world of our our catholic ways when we look into um The actual sacrament of the Eucharist, um, the word kind is referred to each of the elements of bread and wine. Okay? Because those are the elements used for the Eucharist, which obviously in our faith, the bread into the body of Christ and the wine into the blood of Christ. But it is called kind. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for us, you know, th there's an essence, there's a quality, there's a makeup, there's a type, there's a, uh, a style, a manner, uh, a mold, a cast that you actually get into when you are being kind. And it's not just a simple action of behavior. It's more than that. All right. It it's even identifies who you are. And that's why in, in, in the world of, of faith, You know, this, you know, kind of element is identified like this. And, and to us, what is, what kind of married man are you? Yeah, it's a big question. Okay, what kind of married man are you? And I think that the wife has a certain insight. <laughs> okay, she has a certain insight. And, and, and again, I've said this in a couple of our podcasts in the past. But there was something that to me, it was very rewarding from, from your mom. Um, Raquel would say, you know, actually out there when we're doing something to parents or a presentation or retreat or whatever the case would be. And there was a moment when she is expressing her, 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 her view on the matter at hand, whatever the case may be. She would always interject that. Um, she would say it in Spanish. Así como ven a René. Así es en la casa. You know, she would say, the way you see him here, that's the way he's at home. And to me, 
it was very humbling because it, it was some form of evaluation on my personal life. Mm-hmm. And who would be the best to tell the story than the wife? Yeah. You know, so she knew me extremely well. And to be able to say that, I think that was one of the sweetest things that I could hear from her. But you meant it. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and yes, we all try to be that type of kind. Okay. Being original and authentic. Be, be it. Just in the elements of um, what we call in the, in the faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. So being kind, it's something that we as a, as a character formation, as a, as a simple nature of being, uh, it's something that we got to consider. And not just, the, not just the married man, not just the married woman, but all of us. But they start there. They start in that marriage. Yeah. And again, what they do with each other and how they do with each other, especially in the level of kindness, is a teaching element for the kids to learn, for the families to learn. So, yes, um, that's why I, I, I take great pride when I would, and I, and I share this with the couples in Burkina. Raquel and I never, um, we never disrespected one another by giving each other a bad word. We never said a bad word to each other in the 33 years and eight months of being married. Not even once. I never got a bad word. She never got a bad word. Now, if we're talking about being authentically kind, it comes to that level. Because you care for that person. You love that person. How can you hurt that person just because you feel offended or because you're, you're out of it? No. Kind is part of your nature of who you are. It's your character. So in order for us to succeed in being kind, look at what the actual verse of this responsorial psalm says. The Lord is kind and merciful. So when it comes to mercy, okay, to, to be merciful, it's basically showing and exercising mercy. Now, Coming as mercy, it brings someone's relief from something unpleasant. And it, it's, it's sad, it really is, when among couples, that hurt has been produced by each other. Yeah. Because it's harder to find mercy, forgiveness, because of the hurt that has transpired. And I think that one of the most common hurts that we hear a lot is when one of them is unfaithful. Yeah. It hurts beyond the meaning of understanding. And that's why people react to the point that saying, Eso no se la perdono. I cannot forgive that. He was unfaithful to me. She was unfaithful to me. And it's understood. Humanly speaking, it's understood. Okay. I don't accept it. Okay? I don't accept it. But who am I? Because then, what the way I'm seeing it, and, and, and those of you that are listening, and perhaps your, 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 your feathers have been ruffled right now because I'm saying this, what I'm saying is, focus on the love. Now, in order for us to have love, we got to have mercy. In order for us to have mercy, we must know how to forgive. Jesus gave his life to forgive us. Jesus taught us how to forgive. Why are we special or different or above Jesus on that? And yeah, it's hard. It's darn hard to forgive when when you're hurting this way. We got to focus on that love. That love that has that kind of God's nature so when, in, when we say the Lord is kind and, and, and merciful, we say, yeah, that's true. Well, when we receive communion, we be, as San Agustin says, San Agustin says, you know, we become that other Christ. We become that other Lord. We become that other kind and merciful 
So for us, we need to respond to that. Okay, we need to respond to that. But nowadays, yes, go ahead. What actually reminded me of of what you were saying um, when it comes to that example of being unfaithful. That you know, you say, "Who am I?" And a lot of times, we can feel, um, I guess, our ego can really kick up and just be like, "You know what? This is unforgivable. Therefore, you know, it ends here." Whereas throughout the entire scriptures, throughout the entire Bible, you know, every time God's people would turn away from God Himself, you know, He put it in a way that they are being unfaithful. The same action, right? God's people to God Himself of being unfaithful, and yet He continues to show His mercy by bringing them back to Himself, even after they were unfaithful. And so that gives you a glimpse of God's heart, how He's willing to come back to you to transform you to um, be kind and merciful to you so you realize who he is and I think that's how we have to also approach it now of course this is not a free ticket for anyone to do anything you know of course not but at the same time when it comes to these things that we have to take upon the father's heart and be kind and merciful and in order to be merciful we have to learn how to forgive like you mentioned but it's just so interesting that throughout in the end, the entire scriptures, when it comes to God's people not fulfilling their task, their duty, their um, their purpose as to who they are as God's people, when they go to other gods or just abandon God Himself, the example is always like that of a couple, of one being unfaithful to the other, and yet God in His goodness continues to be mercy. And the reality also as well, you know, as you're mentioning that, is that we have been created by this same loving God in His likeness and image. Exactly. Okay. So, actually, we, we have been created in His kind. I like okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have been created in His kind. So then that comes to about in us as to how to fulfill that how to respond to that okay because we all again we we shift our momentum we shift our perhaps gravity of pain of um this hurt of unfaithfulness or whatever the case may have been yet um there's two parts to us there's a human aspect and, and there is a soul aspect the spiritual aspect so our humanity is one thing and our spirituality is a different one. Now, this humanity has a beginning with a conception and will have an end on the natural death. But the soul who has been created by God, we're hoping the return it will return to God. That's the one that doesn't die. Yeah. Okay. That has the one that has been created out of love. And for those people that say, Well, I didn't ask God to create me. No, you didn't. You know? No, you didn't. And just as God did not need you to create you, without you, he can't save you. Exactly. Okay. That's that's pretty powerful. Okay? That's the bottom line for our Christianity. Okay? Yeah. You weren't considered... Would you like to be made? No. No. Out of love, you were created. That means that out of love, they cared for you before... You actually are here to this point, far beyond that. Yeah. And God has created you out of his own image and likeness, out of his own kind. So it is now our turn to, because of that profound love, to return that love. That's why what the church tells you or teaches you, put God first. That's what it means. That's where it comes from. And we are to, as married men, Okay, we put God first, and we try to love God, like we were explained in the, in the actual Brikena about the marriage triangle. God is on top, and in one on the other corner of the triangle is the husband, but then on the last third corner of that triangle is the wife, and that is that beautiful marriage triangle to where we've heard the famous cliche, you know, two is a couple, three is a crowd. Here. The three is a must in the love of God, especially in a matrimony. And and for us, we got to have those lines of the triangle kind of thick and strong. 
because the substance, the reality, the kind of love that God is in there is what makes it strong. Yeah. Okay. So for us, you know, we many times we have to endure a lot of things that are mostly on the human aspect, the human element. Okay. But then we need to start teaching ourselves and learning to grow stronger in our spiritual world, in our spiritual love for God. And, I, and there's something that, you know, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being. Bless his holy name. Bless the, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And again, simply placing God first. Okay. And I think that in, in, in order for us to place God first, we must have a, a, a better and stronger relationship with God. Yeah. And um, I think that in, in, in this year, the year of, of St. Joseph, um, St. Joseph is highly known for his fatherhood in taking care of Jesus, being the, and, and I like the way you put it, Beto. Um, where St. Joseph, you know, had the responsibility, the mission, the vision, everything you want to call it, of being the the love of his father from heaven. Yeah, the personification of God the Father. You know, you, you explained it very well. And, and that aspect is known of St. Joseph, but we also know of St. Joseph as being a spouse. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm going to ask you um, to read just a little part of the uh, Eucharistic prayer number three. Um, this is used in special occasions like when we go to Mass. And there's this one part where Joseph is mentioned, but look at the way he is mentioned. So you want to uh, read that little paragraph, please? Yeah, so this is the Eucharistic prayer three. It says, May he, may he make us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, and with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession, in your presence we rely for unfailing help. And one of the things that I, I want to emphasize is that when they start saying, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, she's called out by name, but yet she has this description of who she is. A blessed virgin followed up by her name Mary and after that it says mother of God another very strong statement once she's fully identified then he comes in with blessed Saint Joseph her spouse now I think that for us this is very powerful in this year of Saint Joseph because he's not only a model of fatherhood but he's also a model of you know being a spouse a good spouse a good husband yeah and sometimes being a good husband is to yes sacrifice a lot you know it's not my thing my time you know me time no 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 not at all here it, it, it's a reality where the two shall become one and now I have to give my very best to this part of my one. And I think that um, in this particular uh, Eucharistic prayer number three, you know, it, it's important for us to realize uh, the things that happen, the things that transpire. So for us, we see that the model of St. Joseph is, is one of fatherhood. If we have children, but then also that area of a spouse. Yeah. No, and I think St. Joseph just kind of points to us um, how to do things you know even though he doesn't say anything in scripture he is a man of action he is one who provides he is one who protects he is one who um, ultimately raises up God himself to be the man that he is that he was that he the reason why he came down to earth for you know and he was able to take care of him and um, I just think that you know his his relationship to Mary kind of paints a beautiful image of what marriage ought to be like, you know, in his humility, in his simpleness, but also in his profound love and how he gives of himself completely yeah. to his bride. Right. 
you know. And so, I mean, it, it's just really awesome to look at Saint Joseph, and that's like my invitation to all to all husbands to look at Saint Joseph as your as your model. Um, and whenever you're in mass, do pay attention to that part in the mass where Our Lady is invoked, and as well as Good Saint Joseph, um, because that is a really powerful, powerful moment in the mass. And um, I just, yeah, it's always one of my favorite things to look forward to in the mass. Just that particular part, of course. Everything you know centered in the Eucharist, and that's oh, it's amazing. But then it's a little bit after or before, just depending what how they do, how they celebrating the Mass is when they emphasize um, as uh, Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and Blessed Joseph, her spouse, and then how they incorporate the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who, on Constance's intercession, we rely for the feeding help. And so, it's it's an assurance when every when you go to every Mass that. You are not alone in this mission. You are not alone in this world. And you have people who are waiting for you, which are cheering you on right now during this race we call life so that at the end we can be with them in heaven. And also another reality that many times the church does not give us the opportunity to look more deeper into it is that um, humanly speaking, and I said that the spiritual Um, the importance of it versus the humanity. When it comes to Jesus' humanity, he had to look all on. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Common sense. Yeah. Okay? Because God the Father did not have that DNA so that he could look like him. Okay? Yeah. Everything came from mom. Now, Perhaps her his characteristics goes to her, you know, um, her color, his color of skin, um, the way he, you know, mannerisms and, and and little details like that that we normally, as parents, we depict from our kids, yeah. you know, and we even test. Mira, todo como tú, mira, ahí está tú otra vez, you know. There you go, look, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's doing the same thing like you always do, you know. But when he comes to Joseph. Okay, Joseph taught. Okay, Joseph Joseph taught everything that God expected him to learn as the Son of God. So, from the obedience, which is the number one thing, and the type of obedience that Jesus grew up with, to the loving care, and that's why I personally think, and this is not you know church talking teaching. Uh, but I personally think that's why we have the absence of Jesus' life. You know, um, baby, uh, baby again, present, baby birth, baby presentation. We have 12 years old, and then we hit him again when he is around 30. Yeah. So all that absence of his life, of his uh, child, child, teenager, young adult that is absent from scripture I think that it gives us it shows us the importance of what family life really is yeah. how Joseph and Mary actually were doing God's will and love for it and and it's it's something amazing because um, on the way he was a good worker Jesus a good carpenter uh, on the way that he was taking care of his mom all those traits came from St. Joseph. So married husbands, it is your trait to teach your children how to take care good of your family, kind of your family, merciful of your family. So here it is important. That's why, you know, it, it is for us a eye opener to be able to understand how much God loves me. And because of that, my response is trying to do my very best to put God first yeah. in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I I wish, I'm actually trying to find a, um, a quote here, but I can't find the exact quote from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. When it comes to the importance of Mary, and we're going to shift this a little bit, but you talked about the importance of family life. And this can be the same about St. Joseph. How Jesus spent um, 10 times more of his life with his parents than that with his disciples. Right. You know, 
and how much importance they have in his life you know and how because again we talk about just the obedience that took place we talked about how um he had to learn from saint joseph and so saint joseph was the one that would lead the prayers the one that would lead them to pass over every year the one that would just have those trips and you know be the be the guy to take care of his family um as he should he was a father figure he was a priest of the home and so um jesus had to learn from him you know how to pray um, yeah. in, in the way in which one should pray um but this also his example his daily sacrifice how to be a man you know because there's certain things that only dad can teach that mom can't you know so that's where you know it, it's really important that we it, it can go easily unseen when it comes to the life of jesus since we're so focused on his mission on his ministry and we forget that he also had a life before all this and it's just very interesting when for example like we we see in the passion we get a glimpse of that moment where jesus is 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 reminiscing his uh time which probably was not too far off um but of course this is all uh i don't say theatrical but it's just in the imagination of the thought where he's fixing a table outside and he's working on it and mary's inside calling jesus to come back to, to come and eat but she he doesn't hear her so she goes out and she kind of just starts questioning him what are you doing you know he explains how he's building this for some guy and and whatnot and she's there she's trying to try you know what he's trying to understand what he's doing but then they have that beautiful moment where she tells him to go inside just like any mom would you know better go wash up before you come inside you know so he takes off his his apron and whatnot and he washes his hands and he splats some 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 of that water in her face and then he hugs her he kisses her and just that beautiful mother-son relationship mother-son relationship and how many of those moments she had with saint joseph you know that it is it's unseen because we don't know right but you can just only imagine those father-son moments you know and for all dads out there i'm pretty sure you understand when you had that one that moment with your your kids um so just kind of want to throw that out there just because i think it, it could be easily overlooked and that is literally one of a kind moment yeah yeah again one of a kind moment so <clears throat> for us we we continue to discover this profound the lord is kind and merciful as that particular uh responsorial psalm you know teaches us about he pardons all your iniquities he heals all your ills he redeems your life from destruction he crowns you with kindness and compassion now this particular part of, of that uh, responsorial psalm you know when when god forgives all of our immoral or grossly unfair behavior that's big that's huge because there is love now look at the way it says you know iniquities are basically immoral or grossly unfair behavior so when the most hurtful among a couple which is unfaithfulness that's what it is yet jesus himself or god himself redeems us okay um he is compassionate for our faults and even our bad aspects of it that means that he understands that there's weakness in our part it's not an excuse but it's a reality however all of this is put together to simply have us be learning and teaching forgiveness because if god is doing this to us we must do the same for our kids and for our loved ones and especially in our cultures and i and i teach this to the parents many times see that when it comes to um a couple of courses that we have out there between um probably you know la chancla or la cicatriz you know we talked about where in families there is a hurt that lingers okay well we don't talk to that part of the family because they did this to us you know and and it goes on and sadly enough many times if the kids that are born from that family continue that feud um it's sad because those kids have nothing to do with it yeah and to the point where they forget i forgot why i'm actually upset with them but we're still upset yeah so it's like really you know yeah and, and there's that separation instead of unity that separation 
So here God wants to heal that. God wants to restore that. God wants to have your heart full of what says kindness and compassion. Okay, so it, it is a learning experience. It is a teaching experience for forgiveness. That's one of the things. Uh, it goes also on to say that another part of the um, actual responsorial psalm, it says, Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. He will always shide, which means scold, nor keep, nor does he keep his wrath forever now the word wrath is so much used in scripture and basically what does that mean it's just an extreme anger in our human world when we do that we end up hurting someone yeah. if it's not verbally it might be physically okay but there is hurt that that has that is created and for us You know, even as parents, many times we hurt this level, our kids, or vice versa. We are hurt by our kids to this level. Yeah. And for us, it's understood that when it comes to God, it says that he's merciful and gracious. Yes, he is. But on that note, it means that we can't excuse ourselves and say, oh, that's God. Okay, we, we can't do, just do that. Because there is a lot of that in us because he has been, we've been created in his image and likeness. And if we've been baptized, we've been even more fortified to do and to act and to live the way God wants us to live as right. children of God. So I'm going to have you read the last, um, the, the last uh, verses of, of the responsorial psalm because um, it has something to deal with family itself. And, and I want to get that concept out of it. So, Eto. So not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he require us for our, according to our crimes. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing in his kindness towards those who fear him. And here many times, like um, we have heard stories that perhaps it has happened in our own family where the cousins get together and you as cousins you know what whatever is going on whatever misunderstandings are going on whatever beef is going on between our parents you know and our family up there it's their thing we continue to do our thing yeah yeah no it, that's that's always it's always I guess encouraging for us um, I know there, were, there was a time where we're I remember kind of being part of, I was too young to kind of understand all these things. And, you know, um, and but there, there was a moment that we got together as cousins, you know, I think it was like, what, shortly after, I think it was shortly after grandma passed away, yeah. you know, it, it's, it, sorry, it's been so long that I'm trying to remember that we did get together and there was like a lot of, a lot of that, um, that unity. It was so good to just see everybody and to hang out and, and be with each other and kind of just make this resolution that, hey, listen, We've never done anything to each other, you know. We've always been really good to each other, and um, and again, I was, I'm still, I don't say ignorant, but I just, there's a lot of things that I, that I don't know, of what has happened, maybe amongst, maybe like you know, just kind of like deals and theas video, but I think it's one of those things where in every family, because I, I, it's crazy how, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying I'm glad about it. I'm just saying that it's very. Um, We're not in this alone. Like every family goes through these things in one way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to be um, tied to anything specific. But I remember just hearing of friends that, yeah, their their families just, for whatever reason, there's particular sides of families that they don't get along. But that doesn't. It's not. It's not the entire family. It's like more like select members, I guess. So even they've told me I have a buddy of mine who is like, yeah, and you know what? I I don't hang out with my, for example, like my. My tios and tias, but my cousins, ah, oh, whenever they can, because now they're of age, we just hang out and we don't know what's going on, but we hang out because we're, we're friends, you know? Right. And so it's, I think that's just one of the things where we have to be mindful, you know? And, and if there is tension for whatever reason, there's no better way to overcome than through reconciliation, through forgiveness, because there's nothing so big. We just we talked about the, the reality of unfaithfulness. But even that is not bigger than forgiveness. 
than reconciliation. And so I would just, my invitation to anybody, to all, any family that may be going through um, particular hurt or division or even the famous, you know, we're not talking to them. Um, I would say find that peace and reconciliation amongst each other. Because um, I think by now at this point, would if probably forget why you're in mad in, in the first place. But, you know, it's one of those things where, again, focus on the reconciliation because there's nothing better than to be reconciled with the one you love. If you know for a fact that one day, if they're no longer here, you would have regret having that grudge or that um, hurt or that um, anger towards that person. And so now that you get to, you actually get to have a chance to forgive, to be reconciled as they are because they live then I would say take advantage of the opportunity because tomorrow's not guaranteed. That's right. And and one of the things that um, I've, I've always seen this throughout my life, uh, especially as a youth minister, um, one of the things that probably have been more than quinceañeras, more than weddings that I have experienced have been funerals. And it it's so revealing that at a funeral, you see the words that probably you mentioned right now. There's tension, there's divide, there's hurt. Um, and you actually even sense it without not you knowing anything about it. Yeah. And you get it. Oh my gosh. So, and again, this is no way. I understand they exist. I understand the tension exists. But it was so just, I had never seen this before working at the funeral home. To the point where they have to have police in the facility for the fear of something happening. Yeah. That's when you know, okay, something is off. And it's within family members. Right. And so for me, it was a huge eye-opener. Like, what? Like, first of all, how could you be so upset with your family member? Like, what can possibly have happened, you know? And there's legitimate reasons to be upset. There's legitimate reasons to be to feel a certain way. Right. I get it. That's the humanity side. Mm-hmm. Yet nothing is too far off from forgiveness. And you, and I think people and I think if people just realize this, this importance, they'll get to overcome major hurdles in their family when it comes to problems that exist or pre-existing, whatever the case is. Because we just have to look up to the father and be like, how many times have you personally screwed up? And yet, God it continues to forgive you especially through the sacrament of reconciliation and I think that I want to make the connection where if Jesus himself died for our sins he died for forgiveness usually when it happens in a funeral home somebody has passed away somebody has given his life or her life and this bickering that it should be that is going on should have a moment to reconcile yeah. to be forgiven to start starting something new que valga la pena esa muerte yeah you know to make it worthy of this person losing her or his life and if you love that person make that love okay be the forgiveness of things and some people may say because of that you know we were able to started to change our ways and now you know we're it's not the same it's it's not going back to what we used to be but at least we're we're at least we're getting together we say hi and it's it's more and and some people say and my grandma never got to see this or my dad never got to see this or my aunt never got to see this and i say to them yes they are because it's more important here on the spiritual world Because many times they can't go to heaven because of this problem. Maybe it's one of those strings that that, that string is holding on because that gr- grudge is there. Yeah. And the moment you let go of that grudge, that that string pops. Yeah. And lets her be, lets her go. People don't understand that. Yeah. You know. So whenever there is that need to be merciful, need to forgive, need to be compassionate be kind let it be done let it be done yeah 
Okay, let it be so, so that all of us may have the opportunity of God's love being that powerful. And let it start with you. Perhaps you as a husband, that married man. Perhaps you as that wife, married woman. Perhaps as you both as parents, or perhaps you as sons and daughters, or grandchildren, whatever the case may be. You know, nephews, nieces, whatever the case may be. So I invite you that when you hear that the Lord is kind and merciful, that same way of what we're looking and how we're looking at God, we need to be too. Yeah, we're part of that. So uh, it is our hope, you know, it is our hope today that this will help us understand and perhaps initiate some type of uh, one step forward to be able to start warming up on getting something better and having the mercy of God really be successful and triumphant. I think it's going to be an opportunity for us to really just take a breather and to really look at the big picture. Because at the end of the day, we only have this one life. What better way to live out this life through the lens of kindness and mercy as opposed to grudges and anger? And so this is my invitation, our invitation to you, is that if for whatever reason, for whatever reason, there is any type of grudge, problem, anger that exists within your own heart towards someone or vice versa, Seek the peace that one only Christ can give, but seek that reconciliation that you have been given the power to do and to give. Because in doing so, you get to be kind and merciful just as the Lord is kind and merciful. Amen to that, Beto. Thank you. So don't let your pride, your ego overcome these things. Because even though we're made in the image and likeness of God, we are not God. So, again, be kind and be merciful.